1: Hello everyone, and welcome to the Truth and Liberty live call-in show. I'm Richard Harris, and it is a delight to have you watching today. Uh, Very excited about today's show. Uh, It's gonna be a super informative program for you. And so I just wanna encourage you all to let your friends and family know about today's program and uh, get around the computer or the TV screen or whatever you need to do because people need to hear what we're gonna talk about today. Um, And uh, we've got some real special guests joining. I'm going to introduce them and the topic uh, here in just a second. But before we get to that, let me just tell you that this week, Uh, at Karis Bible College in Woodland Park, Colorado, we are going to be hosting the kickoff event for Flashpoint Live, the Rescue America Tour. So, this Thursday and Friday, February 8th and 9th, uh, Flashpoint is going to be here in Woodland Park at Karis Bible College. Gene Bailey, uh, Andrew Womack, Lance Wallnau, (laughs) Kylie Jean Tannehill, Mike Lindell, Hank Kuhneman, Luke Ball, and Rick Green are all going to be presenting and speaking during this amazing uh, conference so you won't want to miss this if there's any way for you to get out here you need to do that just go on awmi.net slash events you can check out the um You can check out the agenda. You can uh, find a link where you can register for this. You do need to register. We expect a nearly full or a full house uh, in our auditorium here for this event. So that's this Thursday night and all day Friday. It's going to be awesome. Also, February 15th through the 17th, Andrew Womack is going to be in Riverside, California at his Gospel Truth Conference there. And uh, it's going to be a great event. He'll be ministering along with our favorite uh, brother, Dwayne Sheriff. So the 15th through the 17th in Riverside, California. California. You can also find out information on awmi.net slash events. That's going to be a great event. So if you live out there in that area, please check that out. Also, folks, wanted to mention today: if you're not a member of the Truth and Liberty Coalition, I want to encourage you to prayerfully consider becoming one. Uh, what we do what we do here at Truth and Liberty based on the generosity of our members. And uh, you can be a part of spreading the gospel and the good news and the, the biblical worldview and influencing our nation towards. Christ by becoming a member of Truth and Liberty, just go on our website to the give button, sign up to make an automatic recurring contribution of $5 or more. It's like, you know, a Starbucks coffee (laughs) once a month to help save America, right? So you can be part of Truth and Liberty, a member by doing that. Would you consider doing that today? Just go on truthandliberty.net. We would be eternally grateful for your generosity. All right, guys. So we've got a great show lined up for you today. Guess my guest today, Uh, are a group of folks who are working on a set of ballot questions, initiatives to get questions in front of the people of the state of Colorado this year, this November, on the question of uh, this transgender, LBGTQSZ, whatever, uh, radical ideology that has swept the nation and that is robbing our kids of their God-given uh, identity and purpose and freedom. And uh, there are very few issues uh, facing us today that are more important than this one. This one is critical and it's huge. And I'm just so honored to have these guests on the show. First, I want to introduce to you uh, Greg Lopez. Greg is the leader of a new organization that has been formed called Tech kids Colorado. Mm-hmm. Greg is a former candidate for governor of the state of Colorado. That's In right. fact, that might have been the last time you were on the <laughs> set is when you were running yeah. for Colorado and he's a good friend, he's uh, one of these guys who's um, fighting in the trenches day and night to, to turn Colorado back red. Greg is an Air Force veteran, his wife uh, and he have three kids, Lisa and he have three kids, um, all adults now, and he lives in Elbert County and is just uh, an, an amazing guy and we're so glad to have you on the set, Greg. Uh, next, I wanna to introduce to you Kevin Lundberg, former State Senator Kevin Lundberg. You served in the Colorado House of Representatives and Senate for 16 years. I think I might have be counting too many there, but you tell me from the wonderful County of Larimer County. And um, he's an ally, a, a comrade in arms in all these things, a great leader in our state and is really a critical part of this whole venture. Kevin, thank you for coming on the show.
0: Well, Richard, it's great being with you, and uh, yeah, after 16 years, uh, well, term limits, ended my career in the legislature, but the fight continues, and we do what we can where we can.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, also, I want to introduce to all of our viewers, Aaron Lee. Now, Aaron and Kevin have also been on the Truth and Liberty show together recently. Uh, They're going to be actually at Keras, uh, I think, in a couple weeks to uh, air the documentary Art Club. And so, Kevin, I should have mentioned this when I was talking about you. But Aaron, you're a mother in northern Colorado, and uh, your story is um, one of near tragedy, you might say, or maybe it is tragic still to this day. But daughter, 12 year old daughter was actually secretly recruited into an LGBTQ transgender indoctrination session that she was told and you thought was going to be simple art class. Turned out she was taught, taught about uh, polyamory, <coughs> gender confusion, suicide, uh, puberty blockers and all the stuff and came home, basically said, Mom, guess what? I'm trans. Sent her on an 18 month journey, if I remember right. Uh, Downhill that ultimately ended in a suicide note. Praise God that she didn't commit suicide and she was able to turn around with your help and your husband's help. And today uh, she's a lot better. And we want to hear more about that as the show goes on. But you're now fighting the good fight for the rights of our kids and the rights of parents across this country, appeared on news shows everywhere. Your story is now part of uh, the Featured in Art Club, a documentary that Kevin has produced, and we'll talk about that more later. But, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
2: Yeah, I'm so glad to be back.
1: Awesome. Last, guys, I want to introduce to you Linda White, who's a newcomer, a newbie here (laughs) on Truth and Liberty, but I'm super excited about it. Linda is um, a mother of two and grandmother of eight kids, great-grandmother twice. It says Gigi here. That must be what the little ones call you. that's what they call you. Okay. And she worked for more than 30 years in the medical field, including missions work to uh, Latin America and served as a medical guardian with Rocky Mountain Honor Flight. That's interesting. I'd love to know more about that. Where she helped veterans go to personally visit memorials uh, for conflicts that they were a part of. And um, you've graduated from the Leadership Program of the Rockies, and you formed an organization called Grandparents for Kids. And uh, you're energizing grandparents across America to stand up for our grandkids' education and leave a legacy of academic focused learning and love for our country. Linda, uh, way to go, and thank you for coming on the set today.
3: Thank you for having me.
1: All right, well, wow, what a crew we've got assembled here, right? (laughs) Uh, We could slay some giants today, I think. Um, Listen, we're gonna be talking about what is going on in this incredible world we're living in now with transgender and LGBTQIA ideology, the radical stuff that's happening. Now, Greg, let me just start with you. This coalition that you formed concerned Coloradans called Protect Our Kids. What is it that you're trying to accomplish through this
4: organization? You know, Richard, Colorado is facing a lot of the challenges that other states across the nation are. And that is that we now have elected officials that are representing and passing laws that are really hurting families. And so recognizing that here in Colorado, uh, the Republican voice or the conservative voice is not being heard very well, We decided to bring together a coalition of parents, grandparents, citizens, people that really care about the structure of the family, our children. We want to make the family stronger. But ultimately, we also want to make sure that we're promoting, protecting children, because they're the most vulnerable in our society. Mm -hmm. And so what we're doing is we're introducing initiatives that we're gonna put on the ballot in November. Mm -hmm. And these initiatives are strictly laws that the people are going to be able to pass that protect the fundamental rights of parents to be actively involved in every aspect of their upbringing, to nurture them, to be involved in their education, to be involved in their sports. And so because the parents have lost their voice, we're trying to bring it back. Mm And so this is something that it's a statewide effort. And so the group that we put together, some of these guests, as you know, like you said, we're gonna be able to slay some giants mm-hmm. because we have giants in front of us. you know. But you know what, they may be rich and they may have a lot of money, but we have the Lord on our side mm-hmm. and we know we're fighting for the right reason. Yeah. And it really is us against them. And so we're gonna to continue to move this forward because it's something that Colorado needs to show the rest of the nation that we protect our kids.
1: Yeah, amen. Well folks, you're watching. I just want to touch base with those of you who are just tuning in. This is the Truth and Liberty Live Call-in Show. We're talking with a panel of experts today on some ballot about some ballot initiatives that are we're in the process of getting introduced Uh, and approved to go on the ballot this November in the great state of Colorado. It's something that's happening all over the country. This is the Colorado uh, version of it. And this is to protect uh, our kids and to restore the rights of parents in our state to protect kids. And Greg, so if it's my understanding is right, you've got two questions you're trying to get on the ballot, uh, maybe in different forms, right? right? Mm -hmm. Uh, One of them is on Um, parents' rights, and the other one is on boys playing in girls' sports. Am I basically right on that?
4: Yeah, you know, the second one is protecting girls' sports, right? We have a lot of young men that are saying that they're girls, and they want to participate in girls' sports. Now, we're trying to protect our children, and we know that biologically you may think you're a female, but you are a male, Mm -hmm. and so we don't want the girls to be hurt by the physical strength and the ability for someone to come into their sport, take away their medals, take away their, their recognition. And so we just wanna make sure that in Colorado, any athletic program that says females, predominantly must always be females that compete in that. And it's based on your gender at birth, not gender that doctors decide after mm-hmm. the fact.
1: Yeah, all right. Well, I wanna go to Aaron for a second here. Aaron, before we, uh, we're gonna get into the nuts and bolts of this whole uh, petition and the legal stuff and all this kind of thing, but I I wanna make sure that people kind of understand A little bit more about how important this battle is and you've been in the trenches in this fight because of you know what i said about your daughter being secretly recruited by school employees Um, can you just share with our viewers an overview of your experience and why you're involved in this fight
2: Yeah, so it's been about two and a half years now. My little girl had just turned 12, high to COVID, new new neighborhood. We had just moved, and she was lured into a secret gender and sexuality alliance club that was disguised as an art club. AND THIS IS WHERE TEACHERS AND ACTIVISTS, AS YOU SAID, TAUGHT HER ABOUT POLYAMORY, SUICIDE, LYING TO PARENTS, um, YOU KNOW, THE LAWS THAT HAVE ALREADY BEEN PASSED IN COLORADO THAT ENABLED HER TO PURSUE PUBERTY BLOCKERS AND NOT TELL ME AT 12 YEARS OLD. AND SO WE'RE, we're REALLY FORTUNATE THAT SHE CAME HOME AND TOLD US WHAT HAPPENED BECAUSE I'VE HEARD FROM HUNDREDS OF FAMILIES JUST IN this state whose children were lured in this way and convinced that they were transgender or even put on a formal plan to change their sex at school behind their parents' back. And the parents had no idea. And so we're, again, very fortunate that we saved our daughter from this ideology. As you referenced, it was almost a year of a really dark cloud that led to a suicide note. And you know I, I don't wish that on anyone to go mm. through that situation with their family. And so my daughter actually came to us after we had rescued her and said how do i protect other little girls from going through this and that really was the catalyst for my husband and i to get loud and to share our story with anyone who was willing to listen because parents don't know what they don't know. I think it all starts with education. Um, And that's the reason Senator Lundberg and I made the film Art Club, that's at artclubmovie.com. It's available for free. And our hope is just that anyone who needs to hear this message will watch the movie and share it with others so that we can all be aware of the fight that we're up against and get involved in these efforts like Protect Kids Colorado. Uh,
1: Aaron, so your your daughter, uh, 12 years old, vulnerable, new school was was invited by a teacher to go to what she thought was art club. And and you've been on our show before. Anybody can go and watch that video or watch art club and hear the whole story. But basically, if my memory's right, um, you thought it was art club, she thought it was art club, she went, and all of a sudden they're talking about transgender stuff and sexuality, asking questions like, are you comfortable in your own body? Oh, well, mm, I'm not sure. Okay, you're trans, right? Uh, Who are you attracted to? Uh, I don't know, okay, you're queer. And they're labeling your daughter and all these other children, positions of authority speaking into them, these lies, and she comes home convinced she's got all these new friends and suddenly she's trans. And um, what was that like for you as a mom when that happened? And can you just kind of share a little bit about the journey uh, from that point forward and, and maybe how difficult it was and what kind of opposition did you face at the school?
2: Yeah, they love-bombed her with this ideology. You know, they got her excited about it, and celebrated her, and gave her toys. And when she came home, that was reflected in how she, you know, parlayed this to her dad and I, that she was transgender, and she was excited about it, and she'd found this new community. And as parents, nothing in life prepares you for that moment when you send your little girl off to school on a regular Tuesday, and she comes home this confused mess. And, and you can tell that there have been people who've been speaking lies into her life. Um, so we, we didn't know how to handle it. And I think that really contributed to how long it took us to get her through it. Um, and you'll see in the film if you watch that we were not strong Christians. We were, were what I like to call lazy Christians. When this happened to us, we were not awake. We were not paying attention. We were not covering our kids. And, and we really learned this is a spiritual battle that we're mm. working with here. You know, We thought this must be an isolated incident there's no way this is happening on a broad scale. And as we dug into what was happening in the school district, we learned that this agenda is deeply rooted and incredibly pervasive. And as I said, I've talked to families all over the state and all over the country who have very, very similar stories because this is happening in absolutely every school district in America. It really is a scary, pervasive issue that affects all of us. My my family is not, you know, the exception. We're very much the norm when it comes to this situation. It's just that not a lot of families can be so open to talk about it like we're in a position to do now.
1: Well, Aaron, I just, uh, I think on behalf of everybody watching the show, I wanted to say thank you to you for fighting the fight and not rolling over uh, against the LGBTQ juggernaut in Colorado. And and, uh, I wanna just um, shift gears if I can to Senator Lundberg now, Kevin, um, you, you know, you've been active in Colorado politics for decades, um, and you're a strong defender, have a solid record on family and freedom and, and, uh, Christian values in our culture. Can you share with, uh, uh, with our viewers, how did you get involved in making Art Club the movie and what was that experience like for you as you discovered, uh, the facts and the truth about what's going on in our schools?
0: Well, as Aaron uh, said, she's gotten loud, and she talks to a lot of groups. And uh, uh, one of those groups it was actually a group of pastors up in Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh, they asked me to come and give the perspective on how in the world did these laws get uh, put together this way. To just explain the legislative side, so I did, and that's the <coughs> first time I heard her story. And I was aware in general as to what the problems were, but but to hear it first-hand, from somebody who has experienced it directly uh, was was powerful, very powerful. And they asked me to come back and, and speak at another event with Aaron as well. And again, the the, the same thing. I'm 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 thinking this message needs to get out not just to a few people here in Northern Colorado, but really to the entire nation. So so I asked her. So who's doing the documentary? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I, I have a little bit of background in that. I've been mostly involved in the political arena, but through through the years, I've done some media production and a couple of documentaries under my belt. And so I knew a little bit on what it takes to put it together. And and so we started to work on that. And, and it took about a year and a half to get it all put together right because there's a lot of work to just capture... Um, uh, you know, one situation essentially, but we've we've tried to fortify it with some uh, some experts from around the country that that understand various aspects of it, and and uh, I'm very pleased with with what uh, really God has allowed us to put together. Um, it's uh, it is a pretty powerful film that we're getting remarkable responses on, and not because it's some flashy, you know, production. No, it's just the the true, unvarnished facts of what has happened with this family, and it's a good story because they were influenced by uh, well. For one thing, they found a good church, and and they discovered that that God's ways and uh, is is much beyond our ways in every way and their family is flourishing, and, and they they've figured out a whole lot that needs to be figured out by every family in this country. And and as I say, it's it's a message that I believe needs to be multiplied many times. And, and then just kind of, kind of fast forward to, we realize that here in Colorado, we shouldn't put up with these laws. We, the people of Colorado, have the authority to make laws directly outside of the legislature, that's very clearly stated in the Colorado Constitution, and so we're taking advantage of that, and we're doing everything we can in our power to to uh, uh, get through what's called a title board, which is a little bit of a political choke point, but <laughs> I think we've put seventeen measures before them thus far <laughs> uh, and uh, they're rejecting most of them on on grounds that really don't matter, um, but nonetheless, um, we're trusting that God will give us that uh, that end product, which is the ability to go out to the people of Colorado and and get a lot of signatures. It's going to take hundreds of thousands to meet the standards required. Well, but then Kevin, put it I want to talk about all that.
1: We're going to get to all the ballot stuff, okay. um, and for sure, absolutely. Uh, I, I want to go back to Aaron real quick and ask another follow up question, and and maybe some of you others also can comment on this, but. Aaron, many, I believe this is true, tell me if I'm right or wrong here, but many families in America today are facing a similar situation to what you encountered. And unfortunately, they are not finding, they're not able to rescue their children once this ideology gets embedded in them. And can you, how bad is it out there for families that are struggling against the uh, recruitment uh, from the transgender movement and their kids in school?
2: Well, I like to say that every single person in America knows someone who's been affected by transgender ideology. It truly has permeated every area of the American classroom. And so, yes, what happened to us, we got punched in the face with with what's going on in the schools, but the reality is that kids in classrooms across America, they're having pronoun conversation, they're reading transgender books. This ideology, the seeds are being planted in kids' heads in every classroom, in every school district. And so, you know, families may not have such a serious situation as we did. And, And again, there are thousands of families who are dealing with what we're dealing With, but all children are being indoctrinated with this ideology in their classroom and just in our society. I mean, it's on cartoons, it's in commercials. It's really unavoidable. Um, So parents have got to understand that it's happening and to inoculate their kids from this ideology before what happens to us happens to them.
4: Yeah. You know, Richard, uh, you mentioned earlier um, that I ran for governor in Colorado, and I can tell you that as I traveled the state, and talk to a lot of parents, and even high school children in college, uh, they would say, you know what, I have to pretend that I'm gay. I have to pretend that I'm a lesbian, so I don't get bullied at school, so that the teachers do not signal me out. I have to write papers that I don't believe in, just to get an A, just to get a passing grade. What we're seeing here, there is a new religion. That Mm -hmm. has penetrated the schools. If you look at the definition of religion, transgenderism is now a religion because they have a community, they have a belief system, they're trying to do conversion, and it's all happening in the schools. Mm -hmm. And we all know that religion does not belong in the schools, and this is what's happening. And people need to wake up. Parents need to wake up. Society needs to wake up. Mm -hmm. There's a new religion that's penetrated our schools. And that's how they're making the conversion. Mm. Because if you notice, you talk about how Aaron even says, parents are not aware. Yeah. Parents are not aware of what they're teaching their children. And those that get lost are the ones that don't have a good relationship with their parents. And they believe that they're not supposed to tell them what is actually happening.
1: Right. Well, and and uh, I want to go to Linda next, but this is for, for everybody really. It, it seems to me that uh, gone are the days when you can pack a sack lunch for your kid and let them walk down to the bus stop and head to school, and then come back in the afternoon and trust that they've received a sound, family-friendly education that's going to prepare them to prosper in life. Yes. Uh, what happens when parents are not involved and not aware of actually what's being taught today? Can anybody comment on that?
4: Well, I can tell you, uh, you know, and Linda is involved in this because she sees it from the eyes of a Mm grandparent. Right. And the grandparents are seeing what's happening to their grandchildren, but we're losing, we're losing a whole generation of young minds Mm. that, that they are being purposely confused and they're trying to get them to not understand the truth. I mean, they're trying to erase the truth yeah, you know, well, I, and I I mean, tell
1: it's it's wrong now to say you're you're a boy and you're a girl. Exactly, right? uh, that's not something you're entitled to say to someone. They have to what form their own opinion about it. Is that what's being taught?
4: Let me tell you right now, in our government up at the Capitol here in Colorado, they are censoring people. If you call a male by the pronoun him, and they say that they're a female, and you do that. Mm-hmm. They will stop your testimony and they will physically remove you wow. from those hearing rooms. Wow, that's crazy. Well, Linda, you're. And- Go ahead. I was going to say, Richard, there's
2: the the parents who don't know what's happening. And a lot of that has to do with the kids being told to keep things secret from their parents. But then there's so many families kind of like mine before this happened that are not grounded in biblical truth. Mm -hmm. And so the parents lack the ability to pull their children out of this ideology or to teach them what's true and what's right versus what they're being taught at school. And I think that's a majority of American parents.
1: Wow, that's a powerful statement. Well, Linda, your um, your organization is called Grandparents for Kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a grandparent. How did you come to the decision that you needed to get involved and in, start this movement among grandparents to get active to fight for our kids?
3: Well, it happened in 2020. A lot of things happened in 2020. Um, I started realizing um, what was going on in schools. Um, I have grandkids from, young grandkids to old grandkids, and um, I started going to different lectures Mm. about what is going on in the schools. And while I was attending those lectures, I kept hearing over and over and over again, parents need to do this, parents need to do that. And here I'm a grandparent sitting in the audience thinking, what about grandparents? Mm -hmm. We are an untapped army. And as um, Aaron has said, um, a lot of parents don't even know what's going on. Think of the grandparents. Mm-hmm. A lot of grandparents have their heads buried in the sand. They're thinking, I wanna go play golf. I wanna go eat lunch. I don't, you know, with my friends, I don't know what's going on, nor do I want to. So I came up with the idea, and actually the idea was not mine. I do think it was God inspired um, to, to organize grandparents. So our mission is to inform grandparents what's going on, to motivate them to activate. Mm -hmm. And an important part of grandparents for kids is we're not doing this in place of the parents. Mm -hmm. We wanna be shoulder to shoulder to help parents. My daughter's a single mom. She's working a full-time job and has three kids. She doesn't always have the time to be attending different things, speaking up we have the time, we have a lot of wisdom and yeah. we have unbounding love for our grandkids.
1: Well, and, and there's something else that uh, we were talking before we went live that I think grandparents, especially Christian grandparents mm-hmm. have that, not, that, that everybody needs, our whole country needs is we need a restoration of, a, of American values and of a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. Do you, you feel that grandparents are uniquely positioned to help us regain that?
3: Well, we have had an academic-focused education where we didn't have all of this going on in the schools. I want that for my grandkids. You're saying we need to get back to that. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, it doesn't matter who graduates if you can't read or write, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And there's so much time spent on this other stuff that we don't get back to. We need to get back to academics. So that's a main focus of what we're trying to do. And another important thing is I grew up loving my country. Mm. I was taught that in the schools. Mm-hmm. I wanna leave a legacy to my grandkids of how amazing America is.
1: Right well thank you for what you're doing how can people get in touch with you or support what you're doing
3: um, we have a website grandparents for kids and that's the number four dot uh-huh. org
1: grandparents for the number mm-hmm. kids .org. all right awesome and that's on the screen there so folks check out that website well we are uh, past time to take our first break in the program uh, before I let you guys go be sure to call in with your questions and comments our shows an interactive process we'd love to hear from you uh, no matter what topic your question is on so the numbers on on your screen, 719-619-2341, and uh, we'll be right back in, a, in just a little bit uh, after these announcements. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we have big plans to make a big impact. If you want to be a part of turning our nation back to God, I want to invite you to become a supporter of Truth and Liberty. You can go on our website at truthandliberty.net to the donate page and make a gift there, and you can also sign up to be uh, make a recurring automatic gift of five dollars or more per month, and then you'll become a Truth and Liberty member. And uh, our gifts to Truth and Liberty are not tax-deductible, but I promise you, God sees your generosity. So go to Truth and liberty and become a member today
4: with practical government you have experts in the fields that are
3: sharing their perspective wisdom and experience it's not available anywhere else in the world we're going to teach a christian heritage of our american government they're going to learn about the founding fathers we're teaching the constitution how government operates practical skills and field study no matter where you're coming from The world needs you.
1: Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it.
4: To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com.
1: Welcome back to the Truth and Liberty Live call in show. This is Richard Harris, your host today, and uh, I'm so honored to have with me uh, these distinguished panelists, uh, Greg Lopez, former. Uh, candidate Republican nominee, well, uh, you weren't the nominee, but you were almost the nominee for governor of Colorado. Great campaign, a near miss for you. And uh, Linda White, who's the head of Grandparents for Kids, former state senator Kevin Lundberg, and uh, the head, uh, I didn't even say what your organization was, I don't think, but Aaron Lee, who's uh, uh, a veteran of this whole fight. Aaron, what is your organization called? Again, we didn't share that, so go ahead and do that for us, would you?
2: Yeah, it's Stop Gender Ideology, and my website's just StopGenderIdeology.com.
1: StopGenderIdeology.com. So there's another resource for you guys to check out. Well, I want to uh, go now um, after this first break to Senator Lundberg. And by the way, folks, be sure to call in with your questions. The number is on the screen. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Senator Lundberg, um, tell us a little bit, if you would, about what your role in this fight is. And, and, And then if you could comment on how far has Colorado already gone in terms of laws that have been passed that infringe on parental rights, uh, I know there's you know abortion and there's there's uh, psychotherapy and a number of other things. How bad is it right now in the state of Colorado?
0: Well, uh, how many hours do we have on this, Richard? Uh, no. Uh, first, first off, uh, uh, the organization that uh, that we're working with here to uh, put the initiatives on the ballot is Protect Kids Colorado. Uh, ProtectKidsColorado.org, but um, I have been active in the political arena quite a bit, and and, uh, um, you know I've got a website as well, KevinLundberg.com, where I try to keep people up to date with a lot of things that's happening right now during the session. uh, There are hundreds of bills that have been introduced, and many of those will take it even further in in pushing this gender ideology in schools and in every other area of our CULTURE HERE IN COLORADO, BUT THE REAL, um, THE REAL CHANGE HAPPENED IN 2019, AND THAT YEAR, SEVERAL LAWS WERE PUT INTO PLACE, SO THE LEGISLATURE PASSED THEM, THE GOVERNOR SIGNED THEM. Uh, FOR EXAMPLE, uh, there, THERE'S A BILL THAT ALLOWS A 12-YEAR-OLD TO, uh, AND I'M GOING TO SAY THEORETICALLY, CHOOSE THEIR OWN MENTAL HEALTH TREATMENT OUTSIDE OF THE PARENTS' uh, uh, PURVIEW. Now, certainly old. outside of what the parents can think, and not to DIRECT
1: you, Kevin, but that you said, Bill, it's actually law now,
0: though, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. My, yeah. my apologies. No, it's, okay. sorry. It's, okay. it's It's okay. It's the legislator in me that always thinks is, uh, you know, of the BILL part of the process, but it becomes law, and this law says that twelve-year-olds can determine their own mental health treatment. Well, that doesn't happen. A twelve-year-old really has some authority figure that that uh, uh, guides them and directs them, and if the parents have been cut out. NOW WHAT DOES IT LEAVE? WELL, PROBABLY SOMEBODY IN THE SCHOOL. AND SO THAT'S ONE um, LAW THAT WAS PUT IN PLACE BACK THEN. THERE WAS A, uh, a, a SEX EDUCATION uh, BILL THAT BECAME LAW THAT, that uh, it PRETTY MUCH MAINSTREAMS THE WHOLE LGBTQ um, IDEOLOGY INTO THE CLASSROOM. Um, AND uh, THERE WERE SEVERAL OTHER... Be- Bills uh, that uh, well. Here's one. There's a there was a bill that became law in 2019 that tells every licensed mental health counselor that they cannot. Um, now the way the the law says uh, they can't engage in conversion therapy, but what that really means and how that's really been applied to mental health workers is if a child comes and they have a gender confusion, the only a uh, route, or the only path that counselor can take with that child, is to affirm their confusion. They can't, you know, step them back and say, "Okay, let's let's look at some other options and figure out if this is really what you mean." Yeah. No, and that's that, true. That's, off that's the true. Table.
1: Even if the child wants it, right? Mm-hmm. Even well, if, yeah. Know, the parents it, it, and the child want it; they still can't give it to them.
0: Exactly. Exactly. The licensed counselor. Now, I always make it clear that that's a counselor who's licensed. If you're a pastor and you engage in counseling activities, um, you're not licensed by the state, and you never should be, uh, and you shouldn't be registered with the state or anything else. But, but as far as those that live, you know, work under a professional license in this state, uh, they, they. Radically changed the law there, and there were several other pieces. And as I say, every year they they build on that. This year, they've uh, they've got uh, all sorts. Here's one that's actually up for a debate today, I believe, um, in in one of the houses in, in the legislature, and and that is to allow somebody who's in prison to change their name, um, and that's code words for change their Gender. Now they do that in prison anyway, but this makes it uh, official. And then there's another one that will require all schools, all public schools to uh, to abide by whatever pronoun and whatever name any child um, supposedly wants. and and again, we've watched the process. It's not the child just independently coming up and saying, well, I want this or that. No, it's some some authority figure saying, well, don't you think that you ought to do this instead, even as uh, the story that Aaron gave for her daughter? Um, yeah.
1: Well, Aaron, and- you picking up on this, you guys experienced this firsthand, if I recall, when you took your daughter to a, um, a mental health care provider. And and tell us what happened in that situation with your 12 year old daughter.
2: Yeah, we experienced both of these laws that, that Kevin referenced from 2019, 191120, that lowered the age of mental health consent to 12, and then 19-1129, which prevents therapists or licensed counselors from doing anything other than affirming. When we took our daughter to a counselor, it made her worse, and so we took her to a faith-based counselor who was licensed, and she avoided the issue entirely, knowing that she could not address the transgender issue and that also just exacerbated our daughter's confusion and depression and and we think ultimately led her to suicidality um because she just wasn't able to to make sense of what she was going through um, but i also want to add these current bills the one that kevin referenced that's going through the house today Tierra's law Tierra is a transgender a man who pretends to be a woman who runs a child drag show ring in Colorado. So he trains young boys to dance provocatively as girls for tips and to be recorded by adults, mostly in churches and adult gay bars. Church. So this is how depraved the state of Colorado has become that we are now naming these laws after someone like that. Um, it's it's just really scary.
1: Oh my goodness. Well, we I don't want to go too deep into that, but uh, uh, let's talk now about these law or these ballot measures. Um, w- w- basically, uh, Greg, can you tell us again, or, or a little more specificity maybe, about what the two state questions will accomplish? One's parental rights. What's that what are you trying to do there?
4: So again, allowing the parents to have to be recognized that they have a fundamentally responsibility to be involved in the upbringing of their children, in the education of their children, in the medical treatment of their children, in the religious and moral guidance of their children, without any interference from mm-hmm. any government entity. And so what we're trying, it's kind of interesting, Richard, because we were in front of the title board, and for a minute there, I thought I was watching uh, the hearing for the Supreme Court Justice, because one of the people from the Secretary of State's office said, well, what's the definition of a parent? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you're having to deal with that mindset, mm-hmm. it's like they don't even wanna acknowledge. Yeah what a parent is, those are the types of things that we're running into. But we're looking to give parents back that fundamental right that we all believe in. They are responsible for the upbringing of their children.
1: So will your, will your measure, that go if it makes it on the ballot, which we're all believing it will, will it uh, state that parents have the right of, to control the upbringing and education of children, or
4: just be involved in the upbringing? No, to control and be actively involved, right? The transparency, being able to see what is some of the education materials that mm-hmm. they're using, Yeah. right? What are some of the things that are happening? If there's a uh, confusion as to what gender, they must notify the parents. Mm-hmm. They can't do things in secret. And that's what I'm saying right now, our schools have really become kind of a, a black hole. And we're sending our children here thinking they're learning. Yeah. but they're being converted.
1: What, ha- what happened, guys? Just a group question for everybody. Mm. How did the teachers, I mean it used to be that teachers were looked up to in our culture and in our society as heroes. But now teachers somehow have gotten the mindset that they need to save kids from their parents, that parents really don't know what they're doing and they know better, teachers know better, so we're entitled to keep it secret what we're doing to your kids. How did this happen?
0: Well, Richard, let, let me jump in, if I might, on that one a little bit, because uh, um, I don't want to lay the blame on every teacher, but I will mm-hmm. certainly lay the blame on the school systems, because there are a lot of good teachers who have good values who are finding themselves really under the gun. Uh, I uh, spoke to um, uh, actually the parents of a teacher in a, in a charter school in Denver just recently and they said that their son who uh, i think he teaches uh, spanish he teach teaches in a high school level and uh he has watched some of these uh uh issues go on in his school and he he is concerned that he'll get fired because he has said no no not on my watch uh, we're, we're we're not going to play the you know the pronoun game and and uh and actually what really brought it to his attention was when he was on an overnight trip. He was one of the chaperones, and he discovered that out of the 20 kids in that uh, uh, outing, six of them claimed to be transgender. And then the question was, well, whose room do you put them in at night? And he was like, whoa, wait a minute, didn't you tell the parents about this? And he got beat back big time because the system is set up, and as I say, there's a law today. Uh, SCHOOL DISTRICTS CAN CHOOSE TO GO DOWN THIS ROAD OR NOT IN COLORADO, EVEN THOUGH SOMEBODY DOES SOMEWHERE, in ALMOST EVERY DISTRICT, BUT THERE'S A a BILL OUT THERE THAT WILL FORCE, IT WILL REQUIRE EVERY PUBLIC SCHOOL TO PLAY THIS GAME.
4: YOU KNOW, AND RICHARD, TO ADD TO WHAT KEVIN JUST SAID, THERE IS A BILL THAT WE EXPECT THAT'S GOING TO BECOME LAW AT THE END OF THIS SESSION THAT THE TEACHERS, are required to use a pronoun that the student chooses. Should they choose not to, it, they're going to be charged with discrimination. Mm-hmm. And when they get charged with the discrimination, that is a a reason for termination. Sure. Yeah. And so these are how they're kind of putting people in a box. Because I agree with Kevin. There's a lot of good teachers out there, but they have to pro- they have to provide for their families. Mm-hmm. They're trying to do the right thing, but the school boards, the superintendents, they're all curating this box that they must operate under. And that's why the voice of the people needs to be heard. Yeah, that's why we've got to And I can speak to to it it. just a
2: little bit. My undergrad was in elementary education. I was an elementary teacher for just a few years. I didn't make it very long. And I started college in 2005. And I realized coming out of it that I had been indoctrinated. And really, my kindness and compassion had been pandered to. And I believe that's what so many teachers have had happen to them, where you know they're taught that you must respect what the child says, and to tell the parents is dangerous. And, and really, humans are inherently good, and they're really pandering to our kindness and compassion and confusing teachers themselves into thinking that this is the right way to go about things.
1: Well, so uh, the other ballot measure, let's talk about that for a minute, that you have, uh, that you're working on, it relates to boys playing in girls' sports. You talked about that a little bit, Greg. Um, uh, you're talking about biological males competing in girls' sports. Um, we've all seen stories uh, in the news, I think, of some of the incredibly—I'm sorry if I just get on my soapbox for a second—unfair outcomes in girls' sports. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 almost a brain bender for me how the liberals and the left have always been, you know, feminism, women's rights, women's rights, and now on this subject, when women are clearly being disadvantaged, they're silent. Mm-hmm. What's going on in the culture on this? Why is this not, is there not more of an outrage on boys playing in girls sports?
4: You know, that's, I think that's a good question because we're trying to ask from people, do you support this? Mm -hmm. And 90% of the people say, no, right? We need to let girls play in the girls sports and boys playing, but for them to come forward, there's this fear factor that's been created, right? That if you speak against, what people believe should happen, they're gonna come after you. Mm-hmm. Whether it's your business, whether it's your career, whether it's your personal, you know, kind of canceling out yourself on social media. And so it is really a tough issue to get people to step forward and say, this is wrong. And that's why these initiatives are gonna allow people to have their voice by voting, mm-hmm. right? And, and when you vote, you don't necessarily know who voted which way. But the the voice of the people will be able to see where Colorado stands, and I'm here to tell you, the parents and the people of Colorado do not support allowing boys to play in girls' sports.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Linda, I know that this particular issue is is uh, important to you, and I uh, here at Truth and Liberty, we're, we've. Um, got scheduled in May. We're gonna have our annual awards banquet. Riley Gaines is Mm. gonna be our keynote speaker, and I'm so excited to hear Riley. I've heard her before, but uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's gonna be great. But if you just take her case as an example, she's a, I think she was an 11 time or something all American swimmer at the University of Kentucky, and she's in the championship meet, and all of a sudden this guy, who has, over the last few months, supposedly transitioned uh, into femaleness. And he swims against her. And they tie in a swim meet. Mm -hmm. And they choose to give him the trophy, Mm -hmm. robbing her of the peak of her career accomplishment, and she's just supposed to stand there and take it like a good little soldier. Mm-hmm. And praise God she hasn't. She's been vocal and outspoken and boy, but is she paying a price. Um, is, this, is this just an isolated occurrence, Linda, or is this happening all over the country?
3: It's happening in many places in the mm-hmm. country. Cause I know there's in, in California, there's a case of a volleyball team and um, a volleyball senior had a scholarship while well, playing against her was a male. And that male spiked the ball so hard that it knocked her out. She had a head injury and she lost her scholarship. Mm -hmm. The reason that I got involved in this, um, I got involved as just a regular old citizen, a regular old grandma. I didn't um, involve our grandparents for kids. This Mm -hmm. is an individual thing that I believe in that I'm doing. And the reason why is I have a granddaughter that's 16 and she plays competitive volleyball. Well, she's 5'8". Right there, 5'8", she's competing with girls that are 5'10", 5'11", 6'2". She has enough ta- hard time competing as it is against females, against mm-hmm. girls. She doesn't need to have to be competing against a boy. Mm-hmm. And even if that boy's 5'8", yeah. he's got more power than she does. Well, doesn't this whole
1: thing kind of... Uh, bring to light something. Now, this is just me. I, I, uh, I love to get into these deeper discussions. But for years, right? We've all been told there's no difference between men and women. You can't ever point out any differences between men and women, or you are a male chauvinist pig, or whatever the latest label <laughs> was, right? But now you look at these sporting events, and who can walk away with any other conclusion but that males? Are different than females. Kevin, can you comment on this? Is this an opportunity really in a strange way for Christians to stand up and articulate a biblical worldview?
0: Well, you know, something that uh, I always wondered about is, is um, when God speaks of creating mankind, he says he created them male and female, he created them. And, and then you see that repeated in scripture. And I I'd always kind of scratch my head and say, well, doesn't that seem a little bit obvious or a little bit redundant and apparently not i think god knew what uh, we were up against long before we did that there is a distinct difference and it's a very complementary difference uh, which needs to be recognized in our laws for society to function properly and 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 here's another let, let me let me dive a little bit deeper into this as well because the whole transgender ideology really wipes away the distinctions uh, or tries to wipe away the distinctions between a man and a woman. And the core institution that God established was the family. And that starts with a mom and a dad, and then it grows from there. Um, it it doesn't work in any other context, either biologically or sociologically or, um, you know, it—it's—it's it's the, uh, the again, it's the way God established it. And when we start trying to tear away the the fundamental building blocks to that, we're really destroying an, an essential element of all of society—not just our culture, but anywhere you, you turn. If 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 everybody embraced this transgender ideology, we would be left with really nothing to um, to, 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 to build a good, healthy culture with.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We, well, there's always something puzzling about the whole thing to me, which is, um, um, okay. If there's no difference between men and women, who cares whether your choice to be a man or a woman is recognized. And besides, what are you choosing? If there's no difference, if we're all the same, then what is this? It's all like this schizophrenic, uh, yeah. bizarre thing where it matters, but it doesn't matter. And no one knows what the real truth is. But, um, uh, moving on, let's go back to the ballot measures, uh, Kevin. Where are we at this point in the process here in Colorado of getting these things right. on the ballot?
0: Well, as as I said a little bit earlier, we have actually put together seventeen different proposals thus far, because the Title Board and the Title Board is this uh, uh, this uh, group of three people. One, uh, two of them are political appointees from the Secretary of State's office and from the Attorney General's office, and then one from the nonpartisan uh, LEGISLATIVE STAFF, BUT THE the TWO THAT ARE POLITICAL APPOINTEES HAVE TAKEN A STANCE OF, of uh, uh, THEY'RE JUST SUPPOSED TO VERIFY IS THERE A SINGLE SUBJECT WHICH IS A CONSTITUTIONAL LAW FOR BOTH uh, uh, INITIATIVES AND FOR THE LEGISLATURE. And I'VE HAD 16 YEARS OF EXPERIENCE IN SEEING WHAT THE SINGLE SUBJECT MEANS AND IT JUST MEANS IT HAS TO FIT UNDER A GENERAL CATEGORY AND YOU CAN'T CHRISTMAS TREE LEGISLATION WITH ALL SORTS OF THINGS. BUT THEY'VE BEEN PLAYING A GAME uh, WITH US and that is if they can find any reason f- to uh, call it more than a single subject for example they they rejected our our first uh, uh, proposal for men and women's sports or for prohibition of men and women's sports in public schools that's that's what it does because they said well you've got uh, you've got not only the competitive uh, sports programs between schools but you've got intermurals now we've got two different sports programs so we obviously have two different subjects so mm-hmm. they rejected it on that basis and and mm-hmm. that's that's absurd I don't care how you look at it um, but we have we're going through a, a rather lengthy process because when you when you propose something then because of all the time um, periods you have to wait between things it it can take uh, um, a month or better to get something through but we put seventeen uh, pieces together thus far. We have, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four of them. One coming up for review and three new ideas on the parental rights initiative this Wednesday will be before the title board and then and then move on down to the first uh, stage of the process with the uh, legislative council. And I think we've got nine issues there that, that we're working on. So we're in the middle of it. And no. Lord willing, we will come out with at least one that we can put before the people of Colorado to say, okay, it's your choice, what are you gonna do?
4: And, and to add to that, Richard, what, you know, and Kevin's absolutely correct, the games that they're playing. But the first time we submitted language for protecting girls' sports, the title board gave us title. Mm-hmm. They yeah. said, you know what, this is single subject. We, we totally agree with you. You know what, let's, let's give you title. There's a seven-day window by which someone can challenge the decision of the title board. Well, lo and behold, there was a challenge. And we're getting the attention of certain individuals that do not believe the way we believe. They want the worldview of confusion. And lo and behold, after the hearing, the title board reversed its position and said, you know what, now that we hear this gentleman. Who, who's the gentleman, Greg? It's, his mm-hmm. name is it's Mark, uh, he's an attorney uh,
3: what's it? Gruskin. 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 <laughs> Gruskin.
4: Mark
0: yeah he's been around for decades doing this sort of thing.
4: Now, like Kevin said, we're going to be in front of the title board on Wednesday. Well guess what? On January 17th, the title board gave us title for a parental rights initiative. Yeah. They said this is totally single subject. We totally agree with you. Now there's a challenge by the same gentleman. We'll see what happens on Wednesday, whether the title board says, "You know what? now that we've heard this person again, it's not single title right mm-hmm. well and
1: and so once you get these things uh, get a title, you get your language set. What has to happen from there, Kevin?
0: well we we get to print up a bunch of uh, petitions and circulate them mm-hmm. around the state to collect signatures from uh, voting citizens here in Colorado, and we need uh, Technically, they say it's a little more than 125,000 signatures, but but after you submit them, they might reject a, a great deal, which is another game that can be played, uh, but they have to determine how many are legitimate, so you know, I'll, I'll, I'll grant them the possibility. Anyway, we know we have to probably come up with a quarter million at least uh, for each initiative for it to be accepted to be put on the ballot, and then the real battles begin because... Uh, whatever's on there is, is going to bring all the forces of good and evil out yeah. to, um, you know, to to try to convince the people of Colorado to go one way or the other.
1: So we have to get it on the ballot with minimum number of signatures. It's going to take probably about 250,000 across the state. So my question is, and then it has to be approved by the voters in November once it's on the ballot. So, so. I guess you guys are all funding this out of your own pockets.
0: Is that how this is working? Uh, are there going uh, to be to any, start with, yeah.
1: Are there going to be any expenses for this work? And, and what are you looking at as far as what it's going to take to be successful? You
4: know, money. just like anything else, right? Uh, we got to get our voices out there, and money does talk. And so I'm here to tell you that you know we're working right now on a very small budget. But ultimately, to be successful, I believe we need to be somewhere in the rounds of $4 to $5 million to 5000000 dollars to be out there effectively. But here's the one thing I'll always tell you, but God. Mm. Okay? Yeah. We may not reach that goal, but we're going to give Him all the glory when we pass these.
1: Amen, amen. Well, I want our viewers to know that if they want to get behind you on this, are are you accepting donations?
4: Yes, we're like you, $5, $10, whatever they can do. $5,000, $10,000. There is no limit. Okay.
1: Fifty. Okay. Yeah, there is no limit. So how, how do they do that? Do they go to your website?
4: Yes. yes. Go to our website. Make a contribution.
1: Pro, let's put that site up again. ProtectKidsColorado.org. Oh, not Greg Lopez. No, <laughs> <laughs> no don't. They're predicting.
4: The I'm not going to go. I'm not going to say
1: don't give money to Greg Lopez, but we really want you to give to protect kidscolorado.org.org, there right there, there go to go. that website and you can contribute financially to help this effort to save Colorado kids well what about volunteers guys are you gonna need people on the ground to get signatures and get the word out on this of
4: course you know again we, we need foot uh, our soldiers out there talking to people because we only have six months you know technically. But we got to submit all of our signatures by August 5th. Mm-hmm. Now, right now, they're delaying us and delaying us and delaying us. So we are building an army of coalitions and different individuals. So we ask you, if you support this effort, please go to our website, volunteer. We need you because we need to get the people's voices out there. Yeah. But they can go to our website and start volunteering. Yeah.
0: yeah. And- we, uh, Richard, we, we figure it'll take uh, several thousand people all across the state to really make this happen.
1: Well, guys, we're, we are out of time in this segment, but we are definitely not done here on Truth and Liberty talking about this subject. So I've got to take a break now. It's gonna be about 90 seconds and we'll be right back with this uh, star studded panel of experts on the transgender movement. Are you in ministry and want to connect with other like-minded ministers? Andrew Womack founded the Association of Related Ministries International or ARMY to serve, equip, and empower you for success in your ministry through relationships, community, and resources.
3: But just being a part of this, uh, being filled with the Word of God and with Army and fellowshipping, knowing that I have other ministers with me, it is awesome. We have
4: met such precious people through Army. Uh, There's people I know I can call when I'm in a jam.
3: Ministers have a safe place to come. We can unify and unite for the kingdom.
1: As an Army member, some of the benefits you'll enjoy are Bible teaching correspondence courses, regional advocates for personal support and ministry, regional events for networking, one-on-one ministry, and encouragement, our monthly newsletter, and more. You don't have to do ministry alone. Join this growing network of dynamic and elite ministers from across the U.S. and around the world today. All right, folks. Well, we're back here on the Truth and Liberty Live call-in show. I'm Richard Harris. My guest today uh, on this amazing program, really, um, you know, are Greg Lopez, former candidate for governor in the state of Colorado, Linda White, the head of Grandparents for Kids, and a, a wonderful uh, movement that's beginning, former state senator Kevin Lundberg, and uh, Aaron Lee, the head of Stop uh, Gender Ideology. So, And uh, all of them have their websites and they have their own movements. But we're pulling together here across the state of Colorado, lots of different leaders, lots of different organizations to fight for our kids against this LGBTQ transgenderism ideology because the innocence, uh, and the future really of our children is being stolen from them. Uh, and, and we've got to stand up and fight. Kevin, let's go back to you for just a second. Now. Um, we talked earlier about the documentary that you've, uh, produced called, uh, uh art club, right. And, right. uh, and how can people watch this film and what is your recommendation on how, on how they can actually maybe spread the word?
0: Well, Art Co- Club is a documentary about the uh, the Lee family and and their wrestling and and conquering this issue. Really, um, it's it's a feature-length uh, film, uh, so you gotta put some time aside because we had a lot to say in it. But it's it's ArtClubMovie.com, uh, and it's available there uh, on our. A server that we show, and also on uh, Rumble and uh, YouTube, and it's without any paywalls. It's it's uh, free for anyone to view. We've we've had we just topped the 35,000 mark on on the views uh, through those uh, 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 platforms, and uh, that's a good start. But uh, if you want to convince anybody, uh, or not really convince, if you just want to show people what this is all about. Uh, it's it's proven to be a pretty effective tool in that way, and I would invite people to show it at their church too. Um, we were were down in Colorado Springs uh, last week showing it to, to uh, the Church for All Nations uh, at a special showing, and on a tremendous response from the people there. Uh, they they understand the problem, and w- when they see it in this very personal, accurate fashion, uh, it motivates people to. To, uh, uh, to get engaged and get involved because that's what we're trying to do. So artclubmovie.com will, will get you started on the whole thing.
1: Well, here's uh, we've got some uh, questions coming in from our viewers. I'd like to try to take some of these. These happen to be online. Um, and I'm just gonna uh, open this up. Um, uh, may, maybe I'll go to you, Linda, on this one. This viewer wants to know, why should people who don't have school-age kids be concerned about this issue?
3: Well, number one, I would say we all pay taxes. Mm-hmm. A lot of our taxes, our property taxes, go to the schools. Right. So if you're a taxpayer and you don't support this ideology, mm-hmm. that's one reason. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Well, um, what what does it mean for the future of our country, Greg, if we don't stop this movement?
4: We well, do you know, and I'm glad you asked that because you, know what, if you want to see what the future of our country looks like, Look at the generation that's coming up, mm-hmm. right? And it's in the educational system. Yeah. And so if we allow mm-hmm. that ideology to take root, what we'll find is in 15, 20, 30 years from now, we won't be able to say male or female. And so when people say, well, I don't have kids in school, this is bigger than kids in school. Mm-hmm. This is about a worldview. Mm-hmm. What type of world do you believe we should live in? What kind of world do you want to live to the next generation? Yeah. You know, and that's why I tell you, this is a religion that's penetrated the schools because the, God told us the world that He wants us to live in. Right. He gave us the book, yes. right? And tells us how to go about living our lives. They're doing the same thing. They're telling the children what they can say and what they can't say. Mm-hmm. They're telling them what they kind of believe and what they can't believe in. And so, we must as Individuals, we have a deep-rooted responsibility to protect our children.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And you know, Abraham Lincoln had a wonderful qu- quote. He said, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will become the philosophy of the schoolroom in the next.
1: Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I th- I, 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 I'm glad you reminded us of that. I think he was saying the philosophy of the schoolroom will become the philosophy of the nation, uh, yes. the, of the government, government in yes. the next. Yeah, government. and that's exactly what we're seeing. Well, um, um, what resources, this is for you, Aaron, really, parents out there right now that may be facing this problem with their own kids, Um, Are there any resources that you can steer them to that will get them equipped or help them uh, manage, uh, you know, their child's journey uh, through this whole labyrinth of, you know, danger?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of organizations popping up. Mine being one of them, StopGenderIdeology.com. I created that really to be a resource for all parents to know how to talk to their younger kids about this issue without being, you know, directly talking about transgenderism but really how to inoculate their kids from this ideology before it happens. But I also have a whole page on my site dedicated to rapid onset gender dysphoria, which is what my daughter experienced, this all the sudden feeling like they are in the wrong body or they are the wrong sex. And so I I really wanna be a resource for parents going through it. My personal cell phone and, and email are on the site. But there's a couple other really good ones, Partners for Ethical Care, that was started out of a mom in Illinois who actually lost custody of her daughter to this ideology, Our Duty, um, a mother in California named Erin Friday who's also a lawyer who offers legal help for parents who are going through this, um, gender-intensive, which is therapists who coach parents on how to get their kids through this without going through the affirmation model. And I link a lot of those resources on my website so parents have a one-stop shop to, to have all these different Places to turn to, because it's, it's scary when this happens to you. You don't know where to start, um, and I wanna be a place where they can start.
1: Okay, that's great. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna double check and make sure we've got your site linked on our site, on Truth and Liberty's resources page, because that sounds, that sounds amazing. Aaron, um, the um, American Academy of Pediatricians has issued some fact uh, papers on this, um, and, and they say in there that the adolescents who think they're transgender have experienced on average five childhood traumas or suffer from mental illness prior to developing signs of gender dysphoria. Now, um, and then another stat that goes along these lines is that 88 percent of gender dysphoric girls and 98 percent of gender dysphoric boys will desist from that if their biological identity is affirmed right? So to affirm them in their biological, it, it, that's the solution to bring them out of it, and yet we're doing exactly the opposite. Here's my question for you, though. We're, we're supposed to believe that we're born that way. The girls are being taught, oh, you, uh, you were actually, you're actually a boy put in a girl's body and the other way around. So what we're, we're really doing is fixing your true identity. These two things are incompatible, right? The science doesn't back up that philosophy. Am I right on this?
2: You're absolutely right. Research has shown that if you just leave kids alone, majority of them will desist from this ideology. But research also shows that if you affirm their confusion, they are almost 99% likely to go down the path of physiological transition meaning taking the drugs and potentially surgeries and it really leads one to believe that that's the goal that they you know the other side understands this and they're making lifelong medical patients out of these children and and thank god we caught it before my daughter was put onto that conveyor belt because we came that close due to the laws here in colorado
1: Well, um, lots of uh, more statistics on this. Let me go to Kevin with with this next question, and then we're gonna take some callers who are holding on the line. But uh, the the same Academy of Pediatricians, Kevin, their stats show that a long-term study of transgender adults who underwent hormone uh, treatment and surgery, sex change surgery, revealed a suicide rate 19 times that of the general population. AND THEN WE ALSO SEE STATS THAT THERE'S NO EVIDENCE THAT PUBERTY BLOCKERS AND CROSS-SEX HORMONES REDUCE THE RISK OF SUICIDE. WHAT DOES THAT TELL US ABOUT THIS WHOLE MOVEMENT?
0: WELL, FIRST, LET ME SAY THAT THE the STUDIES THAT ARE OUT THERE ARE YOU'VE GOT TO BE VERY CAREFUL WITH, BUT but uh, WHEN YOU DO LOOK AT IT, NO, it, IT'S it's A BAD ROAD TO GO DOWN. AS A MATTER OF FACT, I READ JUST YESTERDAY, AND, and THIS IS A SOURCE, I HAVE A GREAT DEAL OF uh, um, uh, what I don't trust a whole lot, but the World Health Organization has even come out and said, you know, this isn't good for kids. Mm. This should not be done. We shouldn't. We shouldn't push them this direction. We shouldn't provide medical care to push them down that road. And and uh, we've mentioned the word surgeries. Um, these are mutilating surgeries. I'm not going to go into graphic detail. I'm just going to say that it's it, it's it's. Uh, it's, it's just monstrous what they propose and do to children. Yeah.
1: No, they and, have to uh, mutilate, right? They, they're uh, girls who have entered puberty, they're actually removing their breasts, and they're yeah. constructing false genitalia, right? Am I wrong on that? That's what they're doing. You,
0: you're unfortunately very correct. And, and, and actually, some of the early uh, experiments in this happened here in Colorado down in Trinidad decades ago. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah. unfortunately, Colorado has a very, very dark history in this area.
1: It just feels uh, like Frankenstein's need to monster here. I yeah, mean.
0: This is child abuse. Yeah, this absolutely. is real child abuse. And yet it has become the accepted norm and the encouraged direction in our schools, in our government agencies, and if far too many medical uh, people have bought into it as well.
1: Well, let's uh, let's go to a couple callers we have waiting on the line now. I want to go to Sandy, who's a Truth and Liberty member and uh, is from the uh, still wonderful state of California. Sandy, thanks for calling in. How are you today?
2: Fine. How are you?
1: I am blessed. What's your question?
2: Um, just wondering if you had heard of the fight to rescue twin boys that were adopted by podcaster Shane Don Doc. Dawson and his partner Ryland Adams. They're from Colorado. Victor Marks is trying to rescue these little boys. Um, these men are for pedophilia and he wants to rescue them and take them away. So he's asking if we know of anybody in go- Colorado that's in a government role that can help them. And he's asking for them to send uh, to email him.
1: It looks like Aaron is uh, bouncing in her seat wanting to take this one on. Aaron, what do you know <laughs> about this situation? Well,
2: I actually was also in the leadership program of the Rockies that Linda graduated with the sheriff of Douglas County, where this podcaster resides, and I have been in contact with him. He does have uh, detectives working on the case, so I can confirm that I've talked to the, the head of the sheriff's department where they live. He's on it. He's aware of what's going on. I don't have any updates on that, but I encourage people who are concerned to reach out to him. His name is Darren Weekly. Uh, the sheriff of Douglas County here in Colorado and continue to express concern because he has the authority to do something.
1: Um, is there, uh, is, can anything be done from other government authorities like, uh, uh, you know, child protective services or anything like that?
0: Uh, let, let me handle that one a little bit. And, the, and the, the cold, hard answer is yeah, they could if they cared about it. But unfortunately, they've been on the forefront of promoting uh, these practices. So I, uh, I, I would say your sheriff, the local sheriff is definitely the best route now. Colorado law is, on, is, is not in favor of uh, um, protecting kids when it comes to these issues. And, and it's so ironic because um, where, where was it I was hearing uh, that uh, uh, if, oh, I, I recall it was a school board member on a call earlier today where, uh, in the school, they were talking about how they wanted to protect kids from pornographic material uh, over the internet, which is a good thing. But then this school board member said, But how about in our libraries? Because it's in the books in our libraries. And there they're like, Oh, no, we've got to leave those books in place.
1: Well, um, all right, folks. So, what was the name of that sheriff again, Aaron, real quick? I want people to hear this one more time.
2: Darren Weakley, the sheriff Darren of Douglas Meakley. County in Colorado. All
1: right, so Darren Weekly, sheriff, Douglas County, Colorado. Guys, light up his phone tomorrow. Why don't we do that, okay? Tell him uh, you stand behind him and that he needs to take action to protect those kids in the Shane Dawson matter. All right, thank you, Sandy, for your question. Next, let's go to Randall from Colorado. Uh, thanks for calling in, Randall. It looks like you are a Truth and Liberty subscriber and a student. Uh, thanks for calling in, sir. All right. Um, my question, thank you for taking my call, Richard.
0: My question is, isn't this really just Marxism repackaged
4: and an attempt to throw off God in the culture and society?
1: All right. Well, very, very good question. Interesting question. Kevin, would you like to be the first one to talk well, about yeah.
0: that? Actually, the short answer is yes. Mm-hmm. A little bit longer answer is watch Art Club. Uh, because in that documentary, we actually do, do delve into that aspect—the you know the the background of this philosophy—and and that is precisely what what is uh, presented is uh, is uh, this ideology is really pushing towards a lot of different agendas, but one of which is the the breakdown of of the uh, um, of our culture, uh, and it's it's a spinoff of some of the Marxist ideals and practices that are uh, that are are in place
1: Mm. yeah the rejection of god pitting one group against another group and uh, intentionally destroying the foundations of a society marxism and communism recognized from the beginning that the family is the enemy of the state and would subjugate the the parental authority um, to the authority of the state in every aspect of life. So, so in one sense, yeah, this makes that now we can connect those dots. Well,
4: and, and Richard, this is really a strategic initiative mm-hmm. that they're doing. Yeah, they have a long-term agenda. They have a long-term goal. You know, and you just described it, right? Undermining the family, undermining the truth, und- and the, and when you listen to the language, when you listen to some of the words, right? Even the the whole equity, diversity, inclusion, right? Mm-hmm. All these words sound like, well, what's wrong with that? Right. It's how they're doing it behind the scenes mm-hmm. that we are re- recognizing, and parents and individuals like us are recognizing we can't let it stay in the dark. Mm-hmm. We must challenge it. We must go out in the public square, talk about it, let
3: people know mm-hmm. what's actually happening. And this just didn't happen overnight. A lot of people are like, this just happened overnight. How did how did this just all of a sudden happen? It's gone back about a hundred years. Mm. They've been planning for a long time. Well,
1: so it, it, that brings up something else I wanna get some input on here, guys. Uh, I remember back, it was probably 2018 when I heard this for the first time, it might've been 2019. But uh, uh, another leader in the state of Colorado told me, Richard, there's something really bad going on up at uh, the University of Colorado at Boulder. They're launching something called Queer Endeavor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'd like to get your, your input on what is this Queer Endeavor? Is Colorado really ground zero in the radical LGBT movement that's uh, subverting our country? Two questions there. Anybody want to mm. tackle that?
4: You know, I, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. I really do. I believe that because Colorado, as you recognize, there's a lot of strong believers, a lot of different churches, a lot of different international headquarters of religious organizations that are trying to teach the truth. And so I do believe that Colorado has been strategically looked at because if Colorado shifts, then the rest of the world will shift. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was was a perfect example with legalizing marijuana. Mm -hmm. Colorado was the first one to legalize it, right? And it seems that we're always the first, you know, not in a positive way, but in a negative way. We're the first now with the overturn of uh, Wade versus Roe. Uh, now in Colorado, we're branding it as a state where you can come and get abortion up till birth. Up to birth. Yeah. You know, we're promoting it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're cheering it on. An abortion tourism state. Yeah. Exactly. So, so, yes, come, I do go, believe. Go skiing
1: and get your abortion. While right. Yeah.
4: So I do believe there's something special that they've chosen about Colorado.
1: Well, Kevin, do I you agree. know anything about <laughs> Queer Endeavor or you guys know anything about that? What
0: is that?
2: Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't do quite a big, that
0: I, term, but I've uh, done my research Aaron.
2: and I'm glad you brought it up because the, these NGOs and these bureaucratic organizations like Queer Endeavor, Queer Endeavor gotten a lot of recognition but there are organizations like that that exist in almost every community in Colorado. I mean, here in Fort Collins, we have the Alliance for Suicide Prevention and this splash organization that captured my daughter. So most communities have these NGOs that are infiltrating the schools, infiltrating our city councils and teaching our elected officials and our educators that this is the way you must push LGBTQ. You must not tell parents that we're doing it And it really is the means that a lot of this ideology seeps in to our government organizations, especially schools.
0: Yeah, Yeah, there's a bit of a historical uh, perspective I think we need on this too, because uh, back in 1992, uh, an amendment was passed, it was called Amendment Two, that simply stated that uh, there shall be no special rights afforded uh, for homosexuality. No special rights, uh, didn't remove any any protections that any uh, citizen has, but it said that much and and the the uh, uh, the homosexual community just went berserk over that and and they did target Colorado in a in a very uh, uh, strategic fashion. And I have watched through the decades uh, this this uh, slow march that direction. But I want to tell you that that, uh, uh, at the same time, we, we are marching, marching to Zion. You know, we, we are marching to to uh, uh, the, uh, the biblical standards that, that God has established. And, and so I see a real wrestling and a real struggle here. And yes, Colorado is a bit of the petri dish of the nation in a lot of these areas. Um, well, what, what, this is why we? we're doing what we're doing because we need to stand up to this and it's, it, it's everywhere. But we need to control it right here at the heart of it.
1: Well, that's kind of my point. Can you imagine the impact? Uh, nationwide on this movement, if Colorado were to pass these co- these uh, ballot measures that you're exactly. talking about, uh, and and how what an earthquake that will be, uh, it could be uh, you know uh, a sea change mm-hmm. for the entire country. So um, uh, there's another question on uh, a caller on the line. So let's go to that call now, guys. Uh, AJ is holding from Colorado. AJ, what's your question, sir?
4: Hey, everybody. I was wondering, will there ever be a time where we can where parents are able to prosecute these gender affirming teachers for indoctrinating our children?
1: Wow. Great question. Um, Aaron, I think you're you might be close to that fight. What do you know about that?
2: Yeah, I encourage parents to fight back with lawfare because we have got to set precedent and create case law that allows parents like myself who've been through this to have a have a legal path forward. So I filed a federal lawsuit against my school district and the teachers involved in what happened to my daughter, again, to create a path for other parents to follow suit. Um, I think it's a very important tool in our arsenal of fighting back is to use lawfare and to create law that prevents this kind of thing from happening
4: you know i won't pretend
2: it hasn't been a hard road though this this is an uphill battle in the courts
4: you know and to add to that that's exactly what these initiatives are about you know if we pass these initiatives gives the parents the right to understand what's going on and if a teacher should violate the rights of a parent then there's where the disciplinary action right or they can be asked why are you teaching something that has not been acceptable from the school district standpoint and following what the people of Colorado have said. And so this is just another angle by which we are trying to achieve what he's asking. You know, the legal system, we all know it's there's no such thing as a quick trial anymore, right? They drag it out and drag it out. And so we need to approach it and do a full court press. And this is what these initiatives are all about.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so folks, once again, let's put the website up for protectkidscolorado.com. Org, where you can get involved to make a difference, to cause this earthquake that we're talking about, both with your time as a volunteer, and hopefully with your finances as a contributor. So uh, let's, let's stand up, let's come together here. And, it, and you don't have to be from Colorado, you don't have to be from Colorado to help uh, financially. Now, I don't know, there might be rules about volunteers and that sort of thing, but you can certainly support this effort financially no matter where you're from. And I, I, um, I wanna kind of finish up the broadcast here by going back to the question, the last question was about teachers, thank you, AJ for calling in with that. We talked a little bit about that before and this whole concept of queer endeavor. My understanding that it was launched at UC Boulder uh, as a plan to permeate every school and government agency in Colorado with the LGBT ideology. And it seemed like that the first thing they did, Kevin referenced this earlier, was a bill introduced in the state house uh, call uh, that called for comprehensive sex education, mm-hmm. and um, the comprehensive sex ed. What what's that? Was the sex ed we've got now not good enough? We need comprehensive. Um, and I remember we did what we could. Those were early days of truth and liberty, and we marshaled people to go to the Capitol and testify. And we were there literally all night long, filling three yeah. and four hearing rooms. And, um, and it made no difference whatsoever. The, the die had been cast. But one of the things that I noticed that I'll remember this forever was this strange and unholy alliance between Planned Parenthood and LGBT activists. Planned Parenthood advisors and leaders were in these hearings, counseling witnesses on what to say, marshaling the evidence, and I thought to myself, why does Planned Parenthood care about this? What is going on here? The other point I want to mention is that Colorado um, uh, is is known for something called the blueprint, all right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Where a few years back, a group of very wealthy, Leftist activists and politicians convened to hatch a plan to take this state over uh, from you being a faithfully, relatively faithful red state to now a solid blue state. So I just want to go to Kevin. We have three and a half minutes left, sir. Can you comment on this? Um, is it too far? If I do, I go too far if I call this a left-wing conspiracy.
0: Well. Oh, uh, they've been very effective at doing what they 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 have uh, set out to do. So no, you and they have spent literally hundreds of millions of dollars on their effort. Um, but uh, do I believe that it's uh, that it's inevitable that it will continue that way? Uh, I wouldn't be in this fight if I didn't think that uh, that we had, with God's blessing and His help, uh, a, a decent chance of turning this around. of, of of protecting the kids in our in our state mm-hmm. um it's it's so um, i mean we're the, the really the tip of the spear in a lot of ways and and uh you know we we need to rally the troops to to um find a better way and we need to educate people and that's what we're doing with protect kids colorado with the documentary art club with all of the other Resources and and uh, um, organizational efforts that we've spoken of, uh, they did it through lots of cash, and and a lot of organizational savvy. Well, we're working with with uh, God's direction and a lot of people. I'm I'm convinced that the I've I've grown up in Colorado. I'm a Colorado native, and this is not the state that I grew up in. But yes, they have taken over much of it, um, it's time for us to take it back.
4: You know, and, well, so. and Richard, you know, you bring up uh, the Colorado blueprint and these four individuals. Let's not forget the lifestyle of these four individuals. Mm-hmm. You know, our governor was one of those. Mm-hmm. You know, the other rich person was uh, the president of the uh, gay and lesbian chamber of commerce. Mm-hmm. And the other individual is has a child that prescribes to that. Mm-hmm. So. It's all connected, mm-hmm. you know, and so to yep. your point, this is something, it's an agenda. Mm-hmm. And like Kevin said, they've been very effective in their agenda and it's time for us to say enough. Yeah. Yeah. Why? And- because they're, they're hurting our kids. Mm-hmm. That's why we're saying protect the kids. You wanna do this when you're an adult? You wanna do this when you're no longer in school? That's entirely up to you, but you must live leave our kids alone and do not do it in the schools. Right,
1: well, yeah. we're down to less than a minute uh, left in today's show. I wanna just ha- go around the horn here real quick and would each one of our guests again, tell the folks your website where they can connect with you and get involved to make a difference. Let's go ahead and start with Aaron, who's the first on the screen to my right.
2: Yeah, my website is stopgenderideology.com and that is a hub for parents to protect their kids and to navigate this gender ideology uh, contagion. All right.
0: Kevin. I'm gonna say artclubmovie.com is the important place to go for <laughs> uh, telling other people about uh, the problem.
1: Absolutely, Linda.
3: Grandparentsforkids.org, so grandparents can get involved.
1: Greg. Protectkidscolorado.org. And that's the one for the ballot initiative, uh, and so we're all together on this, guys. Uh, join in and be a part, and we'll see you again tomorrow on the Truth and Liberty live call-in show.